Daniela Sullivan Marzal is a chaplain and licensed professional counselor. She lives in Locust Grove. She is a candidate seeking the Republican nomination for the 25th district seat in the Georgia State Senate. Daniela Sullivan Marzal, thank you for joining me at WRGC 88.3 FM. Well, so much has happened, and I really appreciate you inviting me in today. Well, it's my pleasure to host. Well, thank you. Well, uh, we'll start off with the first question, uh, sometimes the hardest. Uh, why are you asking voters to elect you to represent the 25th district in the Georgia State Senate? Well, as I am a chaplain, the Lord has been speaking to me about sounding the alarm. And as I was saying a while ago, much has happened in politics, and it seems like we need to bring God back into the picture. And so here I am, um, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all, with God leading, and people not just saying that they're following God, but actually doing it. You've brought a Shafar in um, to the studio with you, yes. uh, and I wanted to give you that opportunity now, if, if you'd like to uh, uh, use that to uh, convene with our radio audience. Yes, I would. Um, a lot of people um, are talking about Jesus coming back, and uh, it will be a trumpet sound when he does, but in the Hebraic way, the Shafar is used to call people to war. And I think we are doing war right now, and I think it's war with darkness, and we need to have God show up because he is the light. And so I would like to sound the alarm for war and call forth the blessing of God upon our nation and also calling the angels to attention. And so um, I will blow the shofar to release a blessing to our hearers and to our nation. Um, and that's me sounding the alarm. And I just want to bring some of our radio audience uh, into the conversation now. Um, and could you describe the shofar and, and tell us just a little bit about it? Well, a shofar is a religious instrument. And for those of you who have heard about Jericho as uh they marched around the walls of Jericho for it to come down. It was the trumpet, the shofar, the sound um, calling out to God. And so we have many, many walls that need to be torn down. And so in calling out to God, asking him to break down strongholds and bring breakthrough and victory. And so it is a, an instrument that is specific to God. And so they say in Scripture, that the demons tremble. And at this point, we want them to tremble because God needs to show up and show out. Now, um, without going into any detail about potential legislation you'd like to file, can you identify three issues you'd like to focus most on during your tenure in the Georgia State Senate? And tell us why each issue is a priority of yours. Well, I think one of the first things that I'm interested in is writing legislation that will make the legislators vote and actually deal with issues instead of blocking them or abstaining. I would like to see um, legislators, you know, give account for what they're for and what they're against. And so I think we really need to deal with legislation about legislation. And so that's one of the, the first issues that I really want to address because we need to vote, we need to move things, and it needs to not take a decade to make a change in an issue. And so that will be my first thing. <laughs> so we get our legislators to do what they need to do and not hide. So um, the second thing that I would like to deal with 
is um, we're having a, a right to work state. There's this issue where a lot of people in our state are actually being abused a lot of times at work. They're not getting the wages they should. We're having illegal immigrants come in and work. And I think that if somebody comes in and you need them to work, then you need to give them a visa. And if not, then I think the companies need to be fined for having illegal workers. So I think what we need to do is we need to deal with fair work environment, fair wages, and we need to support our people in the state, in the economy. And if they're coming in, well, if they're going to be guest workers, then do like Germany. You know, start a guest worker program where people come from other countries and work because you don't have the people here to work. But we need to make some changes in that area because I think that the whole system is broken and people are frustrated um, on both sides. And we are a country that is founded on freedoms. People come to us because we're supposed to be the light on the hill. Well, if the light on the hill is doing dark deeds, it needs to be exposed. So that would be one of the second things that I would want to deal with. Um, The third thing that I think is really important is that we need to deal with sex trafficking. That really troubles me as a minister and as a licensed professional counselor. And there is a lot going on in our communities where people aren't aware that, um, you know, when you open the door to immorality and pornography, it's going to create sexual addictions. It's going to create addictions. And then hence you have sex trafficking being fueled in a culture where morality is, is not being valued. And so we need to go back to how can we legislate protection for people and how can we legislate protection against pornography exposure. We need to deal even with companies that are supporting pornography and that industry and making a lot of money and promoting it. So those would be the three probably that I would address. What is the biggest challenge to providing our children the education they'll need to lead fulfilling lives and be competitive in the 21st century economy? Well, I think it starts with feeling safe in their school environment because parents are working. um, And even if you do stay home, you know, when your children are at school, they're going to be affected by the environment. So bullying is a really big issue in schools and we're not really addressing it. Whether people are disabled, whether people have different um, issues, um, even the controversial issues, whether it's, you know, being transgender, being bisexual, whatever the issue is, people are being bullied in school and it's not being dealt with. So kids don't feel safe in school. If you don't feel safe in your school environment and you then become suicidal, then we have a problem in our school systems that isn't being addressed. And we're cutting budgets for counselors and we're not even addressing the issues at hand because people don't want to talk about these things. And so I think we need to make our schools safe. That is a big issue. And we need to fund the programs that help the schools be safe and help the children feel safe. And then if they get their education, including having choice of education, whether it's going into college or whether it's going eventually into a trade school, we need to provide programs that work for the students so that they feel like they have a future. Right now, a lot of children are scared. COVID, the different things that have happened, you know, we've got war in the Ukraine, they're hearing all these things in the news and they're being exposed to things they can't even process. So if we don't deal with making the schools safe and giving the schools more support to provide those things for the students, we're going to continue to have a problem 
We're going to continue to have bullying going on. And then as a result, the parents are going to feel frustrated because they don't know what to do. Why is my child in this state? They just sent him to school. You know, that's an education that in our country we're blessed to have because in other countries it's only the rich basically that get to have an education. So if we're going to provide a different environment, I think it's going to start with the schools and we need to support our school systems, our teachers, our counselors, and really address the issues and not just dump it on the teachers that they've got to fix it. What are your ideas for improving specifically rural Georgians' access to effective health care? Well, I think one of the things that we need to do is be more creative with our university systems. We have wonderful school systems that provide great education and nursing. And even, you know, medically, we have some really great schools in Georgia. Why is it that we can't do more internships and more creative um, programming for, for health care, you know, where we send these brilliant people into the rural areas, not only to, to, to create better programming and to be zealous like they are when they're young and they're learning new things, but, but to actually develop concrete pilot programs, you know, as part of their education. Why don't we use our education system and provide internships and things in the rural area and therefore give them more health care? The announcement of a new manufacturing facility to produce Rivian electric vehicles has exposed a tension between economic development and residents' desires to protect their community's sense of place. Uh, now, of course, I understand that this is not in our district, uh, but I think it's mm -hmm. an illustrative uh, question for uh, Georgia government and, and Georgia citizens. Um, how will you balance the interests of the constituents living in the 25th Senatorial District in the business interests that would like to move to and or expand their enterprise within the 25th District? Well, I think one of the issues like we're having in, in my area is we have a lot of logistics right now. We have a lot of trucking that has come into Henry County. And one of the problems that we're having is transportation is starting to get blocked. We're, we're being notorious now that you can't come up high 75 without waiting, you know, several hours. And so I think that sometimes, you know, um, other government officials make decisions without quite getting the right counsel um, and understanding that we have to have the right infrastructure when you bring a business in is an issue. And so I think that there needs to be more collaboration with engineers, with community members, and those that decide. So I think from a legislative perspective, you know, when it comes to business, we need to talk with business people. When it comes to transportation, we need to talk with transportation people. When it comes to the community, we need to talk to the community, and everybody needs to collaborate. That's been the big buzzword, even in counseling, you know, bringing the community together and, you know, using the best resources to come up with the best solution. If we don't talk to anybody and people are just making decisions, then you have an overgrowth that can destroy a community and cause more problems. So I think there needs to be input where the community really feels like they're being heard. I mean, that's the whole point of government. It's government by the people for the people. But if the government makes all the decisions without including the people, you know, then there's going to be anger. And, and why would a business want to even come in a community where they're not accepted? 
You know, they can take it somewhere else where where it is. So I think everybody needs to be involved, and I don't think that's happening. Do you have any ideas for uh, making that um, conversation or uh, helping start that conversation uh, between those many disparate parties who make up, um, you know, this important part of our lives and livelihoods? Yes, I do. And what's really interesting, I was part of E-Squared as a a student um, council. What is E-Squared? E-Squared was a group that came together in Henry County, and it was all business leaders and um, uh, teachers, uh, everybody from every community uh, uh, entity that you could imagine came together for free mm-hmm. <laughs> and discussed how to improve education. And so what ended up happening is there were such great ideas that came out of what they did. And it went over several years where there would be regular meetings you know, how to improve education and what to do. And they were able to get several million dollars brought to Henry County and then incorporated it into the community to improve education. I bring this up because people can look up the E squared and see what they did. But the whole point was it was so beautiful because you had business owners, you had, you know, politicians, you had NAACP representatives there, you had everybody that you could imagine that would care about their community to make an improvement. And that model, I think, is what we need to, you know, use, because if we do things of that nature, we're going to make improvements in our communities, but people have to be willing to give a little, and they were. And so that is something that I think we need to do more of in government and use it as a pilot. America is as polarized as it has ever been, and faith in our institutions is notably low. How will you work to help restore faith in this representative democracy? Well, I think it's going to take action. You know, if we continue to, to stalemate when it comes to certain decisions that our communities care about and our country cares about, we're not going to go forward. I I really believe that when there's criminal activity, it needs to be um, dealt with. I I don't think we can hide from the issues anymore. And if people are being threatened um, politically to possibly die if they speak out, that needs to be dealt with as well. We need to protect people. My husband was part of Homeland Security. He just retired, and he was protecting our country for over 20 years. And we need to care about those that are caring about our country, and we also need to support them. And I need to put in a plug. My, my poor husband, um, he retired, and he hasn't been paid for four months. The government doesn't care. And so my question to, to people is, if we don't care in government, then people can't trust us. We have to put the caring back in. Representatives have to care and respond to people and have action. So it's going to take a while to develop that because people have to see that when people say, I follow God, that I really do follow God. So if I am elected, that I do pass legislation that makes a difference and that I do support my communities, that I'm just not another person in office so that I can put it, you know, on a bumper sticker. But it's that I'm really doing something to make a difference. And so it's going to take time. So I, I would like to to show the community that I will make a difference. Who is an American, living or dead, famous or not, who inspires you and why? Huh. 
that's a good question because I always think of Jesus. Um, and so Jesus would be Jewish, um, uh, mixed with American blood, Jewish American. Uh, <laughs> but, but I guess, you know, I, I would think of, um, you know, Truman probably, you know, because when, um, What's, uh, president Harry S. Truman. Yes. Because I think that when you have to make a decision, that is going to affect a nation, it's a hard decision to make. But if you make the right decision, it can change history. And so I respect those in our history that have made decisions that have made our country better and have helped others to be um, blessed and set free from from oppression even. And so, um, you know, we have a situation now with the Ukraine. I heard a rabbi say, why didn't anybody do anything during the Holocaust? You know, a lot of people said, well, they should have done something. And he said, well, you can do something now. So where are the, the, the leaders? Where are the Trumans? Where are the Patents? Where are those that are standing up and saying it's not okay? You know, because until it comes to your front door, um, do you care? You know, and I think we need to care about what's happening around the world because it doesn't stop in one country. Now, with the way technology is, it can be in your front door in a matter of seconds. And so I, I appreciate people that have taken a stand in history, and those are the ones I admire. Might I dig a little bit deeper and ask you, um, you mentioned uh, some of the decisions that were uh, before Truman um, that uh, led him to answer the last question the way you did. Can you talk about or identify and talk about what those decisions were? Well, I guess one of the things that that always uh, hits home with me is what's happened with Israel. And, you know, Israel became a nation because um, our leaders took a took a role in making it change. If that wouldn't have happened, Israel would have never became a nation. And we supported them in doing that. Um, There were a lot of people during World War Two that talked about the things that were going on, but there weren't that many that acted when it counted. And I think that's why, um, to me, Truman just stands out. And um, those are all the questions I have for you, uh, but I want to reserve these last moments of our conversation to allow you to speak directly to our radio audience. Uh, And the prompt for that one uh, question is just, why should our radio audience vote for you? Well, Um, I will bring integrity to the office and trust, um, and I do care as, as a mom and as a licensed professional counselor, the joke is I am in Milledgeville. Um, I can diagnose crazy and I can hospitalize it. So I would hope that I would be able to bring, um, stability back to the legislation, um, as I am, you know, supporting, um, truth and integrity and, and, and being able to, to talk with people on a different level um, if they are a little out of control because things have gotten out of control in politics. <laughs> and so we need a calming agent. So a lot of times as a chaplain and as a counselor, um, I, I, I am a calming agent. So I would vote for me because of integrity and because of uh, the ability to deal um, with things when they are out of control and they're out of control right now. So that would be my answer for right now. Mm-hmm. And um, how might people be able to find out more about your candidacy? 
Well, um, right now, they can call me directly at 770-314-0430. I will take your call. You can text me um, with technology. I can take many texts at this point. So, um, again, my number is 770-314-0430, and I would like to hear what your concerns are and what you would like to see if I was put into office. Well, Daniela Sullivan Marzal, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me in our radio audience today. Thank you very much, and God bless you, and God bless America.